Good afternoon, good morning, good evening. It is Friday, January 22nd, 2021. Uh, we're going to do something a little bit different today. I am actually going to play a video, a YouTube video uh, that I just came across. And I'm not too sure how long it will be up, but I feel it's very relevant. I, I think it's great information, so I uh, decided to hit record before playing and uh, reviewing the whole thing and possibly review it together or just sh be able to share this with you because I feel this is a paramount, paramount importance. And uh, it's about a year, we are about a year in where this discussion has been had, uh, but it's still being swept under the rug by the mainstream. And this is something that, if proven true, is ultimately something we have to face head on and realize that if they're not being honest with us about the very basics of the origin of this virus, how can you even guarantee that all of these methods, mandates, mitigation techniques, especially the vaccine, are for the public health? They're being deceptive in the origins. Why, what would stop them from being deceptive in the cure? And they have repeatedly been deceptive in the cures and possible treatments outside of this insanity RNA gene scripting that they're shoving down people's throats and Kobe passes and travel bans. There are so many things over the counter right now that have been shown to improve the symptoms of COVID-19 supposedly caused by SARS-CoV-2 virus, and there are people who debate that this virus even exists or has been isolated in the wild. So there are just so many what-ifs out there, but let me just share what this video is about, uh, because it, it's always going to raise questions about, you know, if you're going to raise questions about the origins, the origin story, and how it's being obscured, and you... Through deductive reasoning, you would have to think, okay, what else could they be lying to me about? And once you pull that little thread, that little string, that little yarn, you realize that string, that thread is never ending. It's endless. So um, the title of this message is a call for state public health departments and state attorney generals to address sars COVID-2. He writes GOF. Uh, GOF stands for gain of function. We discussed that about a year ago. Um, it was early. This is, this is something that Zero Hedge got banned from Twitter for for many months for publishing the information and the reports about these scientists who are working on gain of function research and what is gain of fun function. You'll, you'll hear about it in this episode. And if you go back to, uh, uh, it's not a natural SARS COVID or coronavirus. This is not a natural virus. It was a year ago that I recorded it very early on. And, um, you know, a lot of my shit in the beginning is pretty raw, but I, I try to make it as palatable as possible because you know what? The theme is going to be the same, uh, which is exposing the nonsense, exposing the garbage, exposing the lies. Uh, I know I ran rave and I, and I, and I completely went off the last two episodes on, uh, you know, this whole transgender games nonsense business that they're shoving down our throats as well. But as a female, I have every fucking right to do so. 
um, you know, my rights too are being infringed upon in every way. Our rights, your rights, this, this whole fucking shit show. It's just, it's just insane. So let's, let's just face this uh, video here. Let's deal with this video. Um, so this is Richard Fleming, PhD, MD. Uh, he's a lawyer as well, I guess. JD, uh, this presentation and others are the result of so many people who have investigated and found information and have been kind enough to make me aware of what they have discovered. In many instances, finding information I had missed. To all of these people, including Kevin McCarn, PhD, Mark Kulax, and many others. See, I, I just came across this guy's um, YouTube, so I'm not even sure what other videos he has. This is the first one I've come across. But I want to hear about the gain and function. I want to hear more about it. It's a year later. Um, I'm, I'm ready to, to, to hear more details about this uh, and ultimately the gain of function. The whole purpose is the, of that is that it, it, it points that, that this was edited, scripted, man-made, uh, did not come from the wild. It did not come from bats. Um, what else? And, and the gain of function properties, uh, DARPA's main man in Wuhan, the COVID cure no one is talking about where they discovered pepsid from Motadine. You could pick it up over the counter at the supermarket. Yes, it will help your outcomes if you do come down with this virus or whatever they call this shit is. Uh, this virus, he said, had a magnificent, oh, what the hell did he call it? Transmissibility. Uh, and that's one of the gain of functions. That it, it, it is highly transmissible. And hey, wouldn't you know it, you're hearing now more and more about these highly transmissible virus, uh, variants, excuse me, this high transmissibility has been a characteristic uh, of COVID-19, SARS-CoV-2, since early on. That's just nothing new. The high transmissibility was one of the uh, noted gain-of-function qualities of this virus. Way, way back. Well, you're just hearing about it now on the news, you know? Uh, again, people believe it is bioweapon, and, and here... This video will go in depth about that. So um, he says he can only express his debt of gratitude for all the work. Uh, so they sent him a lot of information. Okay, so a review of these documents prove that viruses produced by gain of function, GOF, research manipulation by humans, paid for by U.S. funding and other sources have produced other viruses, pandemics, and vaccines that have proven to be harmful to people and violate international law, including the Biological Weapons Convention, BWC Treaty. I don't even know if there was a BWC Treaty, honestly. And as many of these crazy articles that I've read to you guys over the course of this year, um, you would think that would come up. Bi Biological Weapons Conventions Treaty. Like, obviously these people are, like, these organizations are, like, you know, they're making treaties. And, like, did you know? I didn't know. I didn't know they had treaties about biological weapons. I knew they had biological weapons, but I didn't know there was, like, you know, a, a group of people that met and talked about this. Like, you know, well, who who were they going to deploy it on? Or, you know, <laughs> could you imagine? They're like, it's like these people get together and it's like playing a game of chess and we're just the pawns on the board, people. We're just the pawns. Um, so, yes, that goes to show you if anybody doubt it. Bi biological weapons do exist. The U.S. do, does, has funded biological weapons that's a common theme okay uh, of, of my podcast and uh, we are subject to those weapons we are very special guinea pigs in the age of information we get to learn about all sorts of shit all sorts of stuff that our big daddy 
<laughs> experiments <laughs> with. All right, so he says he calls upon the health departments of each state to place a moratorium on the experimental vaccines currently being used. Good for him. Good for him. But see, people want this, though. The problem is you could put a moratorium. But right now, and this is another thing I want to mention really quick. I'm going to play this video soon. It is 28 minutes, so this will be a long message, but I'm not going to get involved after I'm done speaking. I'm just going to let this play. Um, all I hear on the radio is... Uh, Oh, because the other day there was a, a recall on the vaccines. I did record a segment and 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 I deleted it because it was just just ridiculous. Um, but apparently there was a shipment. I think it was twenty three thousand doses. <laughs> now remember that they had to keep it like really cold. You know they had a hard time keeping it really cold in the beginning. Right? They had to freeze it like negative eighty Fahrenheit. Remember I was like, oh wow, you know regular Corona is fine. In the air at the beach, but you know the vaccine is so fragile. You gotta drop it below eighty degrees Fahrenheit. It's like the fuck out of here. What the hell's going on? So, this round apparently had to be taken off the shelves, and they closed and canceled all these appointments, and and shut down all of these sites in New York City and and, and around because, oh, they they didn't keep it cold enough. No, no, no. I'm sorry. No, no. They kept it too cold. The, the initial issue with the beginning of logistics is they couldn't keep it cold enough because it had to be negative 80. But this round, this 23,000, supposedly, um, they kept it too cold. <laughs> and people believe this shit. So now they manufactured a shortage, right? So this is all I'm hearing on the radio. Since I saw that, that article last night, which is funny, um, I recorded the whole segment and, uh, oh, Okay, they're going to recall, they're going to try to get more out, and then, boom, the radio this morning, that's all I hear. There's a shortage, but they're not saying why. There's a shortage, there's a shortage. We had to cancel questions. People they're interviewing, they're like, oh my gosh, you know, I have to wait until next week. People are waiting, they're lining up at five, five hours before the place is opening. <laughs> that they might take the second doses from some people and give it to other people as the first doses because they're so desperate. They're so short now. It's like the whole narrative was just unwoven overnight. It's just phenomenal to me uh, that I'm hearing this. And I'm like, wow. It's, it's what a way. And this is, this, we know what this is about. They, they're manufacturing a shortage to create more anxiety and more people run out. It's just such a psychological game. And the sad thing is people are falling for it. So going back to this video, he wants each state to place a moratorium. You think these states want to place a moratorium? They're too busy manufacturing a crisis, a shortage to get more people to take it. They want people to take this experimental vaccine. Let's go back. I mean, I know people already who have family members, elderly family members. They, they took the vaccine. Boom. They're gone. Done. They just got it. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And I knew this would happen. And be prepared. I'm so sorry that this is this type of shit that I, I, you have to hear from me. I am so sorry. But this is, you know, this is what I recognize. This is what I know. It's a sad world that we live in. And um, it's just the reality of it. 
This is the reality of it. These people have a plan. And uh, they have every intention to set their plan into motion. And they don't care. History tells us that they don't care about the casualties. They don't give a shit about us. So we need to start giving a shit about ourselves to at least ensure that we have some chance of survival. That's all I'm here for. That is all I'm here for is to try to tell you that there is a chance of survival. Some of us will get lucky. All right, let's get back to this video because this shit's getting too long. So he's saying vaccines currently being used. He says he wants to place a moratorium on the experimental vaccines currently being used and to protect and encourage physicians to treat patients as deemed medically appropriate by physicians in both the outpatient and hospital settings. And that's another thing, part of this bullshit conspiracy. People, you know, you hear it here and there. But these governors in these states that had these massive breakouts, my state is one of them, okay? Um, yeah, they blocked the prescribing of hydroxychloroquine for treating COVID-19. They blocked these doctors. Meanwhile, this shit has been out forever. They had the ability to stop them from dispensing. Why would they do that? They wanted maximum carnage. Okay? That's the only answer. You got positive patients. Not just in New York, Pennsylvania, that fucking freak of nature. Remember he took his mama out? before they sent the positive patients into the nursing homes, they are trying to eradicate the elderly under the guise of a pandemic. And let me tell you, we got a lot of elderly. So this shit is going to be playing out for a while. A lot of people are going to be losing family members. And uh, it's just it's just getting ugly. It's so ugly. Uh, but we're going to ride this shit out. You know what? Because this doesn't scare us. All right. So he says he calls upon... The state attorney generals to begin the investigation and prosecution of those responsible for the funding and conducting funding and conducting this gain of function research in violation of the Hippocratic Oath, Oath of Geneva, the BWC Treaty, and the Nuremberg Code for Crimes Against Humanity. See, I mean, look, you can go to a judge and be like, all right, I'm going to sue you. I want to sue these people. Stop doing this and stop doing that. But like... It's out, man. These people are injected, and we don't know what we're going to be dealing with. And uh, All right, so I'm going to start this. I'm 15 minutes in. Thank you for listening. This is going to be a, uh, another 28 minutes, uh, 29 minutes. So uh, thanks for hanging out and enjoy. Well, that shit is on. Let me drop some shit like this here. At night I can't sleep, I toss and turn Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned Four walls just staring at a nigga I'm paranoid sleeping with my finger on the trigger My mother's always dressing, I ain't living right But I ain't going out without a fight See, every time my eyes close, I start sweating And blood starts coming out my nose There's somebody watching the act But I don't know who it is, so I'm watching my back I can see him when I'm deep in the colors When I awake, I don't see the motherfucker He owns a black hat like I own 
A black suit and a cane like my own. Some might say take a chill B, but fuck that shit. There's a nigga trying to kill me. I'm popping in the clip when the wind blows. Every 20 seconds got me peeping out my window. Investigating the joint for traps. Taking my telephone test. I'm staring at the woman on the corner. It's fucked up when your mind's playing tricks on ya. Richard Fleming. Today is Wednesday, the 20th of January, 2021. This video presentation is not only presented for the general public, but it is intentionally focused and directed at two specific groups of individuals within the United States. Those individuals who are involved in public health decision policies for each of the 50 states and the attorneys generals for each of the 50 states and any of the applicable territories to address actions regarding the SARS-CoV-2 virus for which we need to be treating patients aggressively to stop the virus from infecting people and to stop the inflammation and blood clotting associated with this virus, as well as providing a moratorium period on the vaccines until we can determine if these vaccines are safe, effective, or even needed once correct treatments are promulgated and used throughout hospital and outpatient settings. The purpose of today's video is to review briefly a Wall Street Journal article that was recently published, as well as one of the papers that you may be unfamiliar with. I'd like to start by sharing the screen, and we will do a rather rapid review of information from these two pieces of information. The first one I'd like to call your attention to on the left-hand side of the screen is an article that appeared in the Wall Street Journal five days ago by two different individuals at the Wall Street Journal with an article entitled, The World Needs a Real Investigation into the Origins of COVID-19. This article reviews the fact that the World Health Organization experts are, have traveled over to China in an effort to investigate the Wuhan Institute of Virology Laboratory and determine what information may or may not be present about SARS-CoV-2 or COVID-19. One of the major problems that's pointed out in this paper is that Peter Daszak of EcoHealth is one of the members involved in this WHO task force. And yet none of the individuals in the task force are actually qualified to determine if this was a lab produced a virus through gain of function. In fact, Mr. Dasek has received significant funding from the Department of Defense, Health and Human Services, NIAID, NIH, all of which allows him to do research and fund people to investigate viruses and be involved with the gain of function. Some people are concerned that because the federal government's hands are involved in this, 
that you, attorneys generals, will have no ability to have an impact on this investigation because you will be blocked by the federal government from doing your due diligence and investigation of the culpability and criminal responsibility of those involved. I believe that collectively you can bring a class action lawsuit for the people that have been harmed We've as all been well harmed. as each of the 50 states working together to expose what has truly happened. And hopefully by the end of this brief video recording, you will recognize that when I talk about gain of function or other people tell you that gain of function research has provided for pandemic issues in the past, that you will have information to justify your involvement and protection of the people of the United States of America, as well as to question and bring to international court these same individuals for crimes against humanity, for violation of the Biological Weapons Treaty Act. <clears throat> In the Wall Street Journal article, this very brief review talks about the WHO investigatory team entering China and the debate going on back and forth. There is question about whether the information that will be available from the lab in Wuhan even exists anymore because they've had a year to destroy data and to destroy information about their connections with the US and other countries and the involvement of the individuals. However, I believe and others believe that there is sufficient paper trail to demonstrate the criminal responsibility of those involved. One of the people in question is Dr. Zhang Li. She is the Chinese virologist involved at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And she specifically has stated last year and told Scientific American that none of the early SARS-CoV-2 sequences matched those of the viruses that her team found in the coronavirus samples from the bat caves, which means that the virus that has been causing this pandemic does not match naturally occurring coronaviruses from these bats. Dr. Robertson at the University of Glasgow specifically told the Wall Street Journal that SARS-CoV-2 is just too different to the viruses that we are aware of prior to the emergence of the virus, demonstrating a sudden change. Dr. Xi was also involved, and Dr. Xi has, for more than a decade, been involved with chimeric coronaviruses. A chimer is a combination of more than one organism. So a chimeric virus is taking parts of a virus from one species and combining it with parts of a virus from another species, producing a man-made new species that did not exist before. This insertion of these parts are well known and they're necessary to understand the infection of humans. One of the important things out of this article, and I'll simply read it to you, is the ability to build coronavirus genomes without leaving a trace of manipulation has existed for years. 
Dr. Ralph Barrick of the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, a world-leading coronavirus expert and collaborator of Dr. Xi, told an Italian newspaper documentary last June, and I've included this on the website for you to be aware of. Quote, in sequence databases, there were sequences for a large number of bad coronaviruses that were SARS-like, reported out of China. He added that whether the viruses existed beforehand, it would only be within the records of the Institute of Virology of Wuhan, which have undoubtedly now been wiped clean, given more than a year time. And we're all aware, and if you're not, it's well documented, that the Chinese People's uh, Party, the government of China came in with their military and locked down this facility and made it impossible for any data to get out to the rest of the world to explain what happened and where this virus came from and who was working with it. You can read through this paper yourself. Several scientists also told us they were troubled by the presence of the World Health Organization team of Peter Daszak of the New York-based EcoHealth Alliance, specifically that he's on this team. Dr. Daszak has been a longtime collaborator of Dr. Xi since they worked together to trace SARS viruses to bats after the 2003 epidemic. His organization, that is EcoHealth Alliance, has administered more than $100 million in U.S. federal grants to fund overseas field work and laboratory experiments, including those performed by the Wuhan Institute of Virology to find and characterize new viruses in order to predict the next pandemic, according to EcoHealth Alliance. I believe there's data to, to, to not just suggest, but to demonstrate that their involvement here is more than just looking for things. They're getting money that is being used for gain-of-function research. And you'll see here, after I finish with the Wall Street Journal, from this article, proof positive that gain-of-function has produced pandemics in the past. <clears throat> in June, Dasik wrote an opinion piece for The Guardian. He was also involved in the that wonderful statement that was published in The Lancet, trying to dispelled the idea that you should consider that gain-of-function had been involved in the production of SARS-CoV-2 and to not go looking for evidence that it was man-made, but rather to just think of it as a naturally occurring virus. This paper is going to show you that these gain-of-function experiments are done in such a way that you cannot know for certain that they did the gain-of-function because they pressured the biological system to make mutations that were not naturally occurring to produce these gain of functions and pandemics. Ignoring conspiracy theories. Dr. Daszak wants you to not look that direction and for him to be on a WHO task force to go look at the Chinese lab is like sending the fox to guard the chicken coop. It's not going to find the evidence that needs to be found when the people going there don't want you to find evidence of gain of function and a man-made virus. And with a year of the ability to destroy documents, 
they probably aren't going to find anything of, of significance. Miles Popper, an expert investigating outbreaks, told an international studies group that the independence of the World Health Organization investigation may be seriously compromised by the process used to choose investigators. Peter Daszak from EcoHealth. In particular, the choice of Peter Daszak, who has a personal stake in ensuring current Chinese practices continue and who is a longtime collaborator of a scientist at the center, Dr. Xi and Dr. Uh, Zheng Li, center of the investigation is likely to taint its results. You can read through here. We need to be more open about the heavily invested interests of some of the scientists given prominent platforms to make claims about the pandemic's origin. This is the paper you want to see from the scientific literature. Might SARS-CoV-2 have arisen via serial passage through an animal host or cell culture? These people, Sorokin, Carl, and Dan, provide evidence of dual-use gain-of-function research practice for the development of coronavirus including its ability to attach the ACE2 receptor and the polybasic furin cleavage site, as well as others. In this paper, published in August of 2020 in Bioessays, there are several important points raised, and I'm going to cover just a few of them because I think it needs to be done with emphasis. The assertion Although based on sequence analysis, many prominent virologists and other MNS scientists have concluded that the novel coronavirus causing the pandemic was not designed or manipulated in a laboratory and was the result of a natural zoonotic jump. This assertion fails to fully account for all possible origins of two unique genomic characteristics found in SARS-CoV-2 and ignores the long history of serial passage as a method to manipulate viral genomes. The long-standing practice of serial passage is a form of gain-of-function research that forces zoonosis between species and requires the same molecular adaptations necessary for a natural zoonotic jump to occur within a laboratory, leaving the same genetic signatures behind as a natural jump but occurring in a much shorter period of time. The genetic signatures in question include two distinctive features possessed by SARS-CoV-2 spike protein. The unique sequence in the receptor binding domain, a region known to be critical for SARS-CoV-2 utilization of human angiotensin converting enzyme, ACE2, which is the cell surface receptor used by both SARS-CoV, the original one, and SARS-CoV-2 for fusion with target cells and subsequent entry. The second feature is the presence of a polybasic furin cleavage site. This is the PRRA site that we've talked about, which is also known as a multi-basic cleavage site, a four amino acid insertion, PRRA, four insert, amino acid insertion with limited sequence flexibility.
within the coronavirus novel spike protein that is not found in SARS-CoV or other lineage B coronaviruses, which is what SARS-CoV-2 is, a beta coronavirus. This furin cleavage site, which is poly or multiphasic for, by definition, since it's comprised of multiple basic amino acids, is an important virulence feature observed to have been acquired by fusion proteins of avian influenza viruses and Newcastle disease, either grown under experimental conditions or isolated from commercial animal farm settings that mimic, mimic the net conditions of serial laboratory package passage. In fact, no influenza virus with a furin cleavage site has ever been found. <clears throat> the dual use gain of function research tool of serial passage was first applied to a strain of H1N1 swine flu. The same swine flu that the U.S. government rushed to develop a vaccine for in the 70s, producing massive neurologic damage to people. A devastating result of this, of the United States' last effort to push through a vaccine before it was proven to be safe and effective. The same neurologic manifestations being seen with this vaccine that has not gone through proper FDA passage for safety and efficacy. The dual use for the H1N1 swine flu, a variant of the pandemic influenza virus that was genetically modified before it either leaked out of a Soviet lab or was introduced as part of an attenuated vaccine trial in 1977. They've not taken responsibility, the Soviets, for this virus. However, in 1979, two years after the introduction of the modified H1N1 swine flu, a different Soviet lab leak weaponized anthrax out through an improperly maintained exhaust filter and Soviet authorities convincingly blamed the deaths on contaminated local meat. This cover-up withstood a formal inquiry conducted in 1986 and was not revealed to be a fabrication until 1992, when an analysis of dispersion patterns revealed by the victims were not those working with this supposedly contaminated meat, but instead all lived downwind from the Sverdlovsky weapons lab and its improperly maintained exhaust vent. Therefore, there is a history of denying laboratory leaks on the commercial meat industry that dates back about 40 years, an effective excuse that provided the Soviets with an alibi that held up but was exposed after two decades. This Another thing with bird flu, H5N1. Remember, this is H1N1. These are different viruses. Again, exposed in 2011, had gain of function, producing a highly virulent strain that was said by a reporter to be able to make the deadly 1918 pandemic look like a pesky cold. Furthermore, Dr. Kowoka 
probably the incorrect pronunciation, of the universities of Tokyo and Wisconsin, also a place that gives gain-of-function research or has been re- or has received gain-of-function research, used genetically engineered in engineering to combine genes from H1N1 swine flu as well as the H5N1 bird flu to create a chimeric virus that was then serially passed through ferrets, creating another airborne virus with potential pandemic properties. Both experiments created a modified genome that appeared to be the result of natural, albeit accelerated, selection since the process of serial passage forcing these changes under laboratory conditions after altering the viruses forces the mutations selected in a natural to appear like they're in a natural zoonotic jump and masks the direct genetic engineering done on the viruses these experiments were viewed by many as being sufficiently dangerous that they should not be published however they were both eventually released with certain methodologic and sequential details left out. Now, if you think that others are not able to put this together despite these details being left out, or you think that communications behind the doors in vaccine meetings does not transmit this knowledge and information to others working in the field, you would be mistaken. In any field of medicine and scientific research, there is a handful of us in any given field. You can count them on one or two hands who are the experts who are sharing information. Much as my inflammation and cardiovascular disease explain the inflammation of blood clotting occurring responsible for heart disease and strokes and cancers and high blood pressure and diabetes and obesity and the result of viral infections in the body with only a handful of people to discuss it with, that knowledge is freely exchanged between myself and them. These people doing this gain of research function are doing the same types of exchange behind the scenes. It mimics what's naturally occurring. However, the artificial generations added by forced serial passage creates the artificial appearance of evolutionary distance And that was the characteristic of the H1N1 swine flu Soviet leak in the 1970s that led researchers to conclude that it had been constructed in a lab. The changes and jumps are too significant, too fast to have occurred naturally. They were forced by human pressures by doing chimeric combinations of viruses and then placing them in situations where they forced the adaptations to make these evolutionary jumps and produce pandemics. This is exactly what is found in the SARS-CoV-2, which is distant enough from any other viruses that have been placed in its own clan, as was noted in this other story over here, that this is nothing like any other coronavirus out there. There's more material in here that would take an hour to go through for everybody. But in the end of that, you can see that there's evidence that these pandemics have been produced before by gain of function alterations that were lied about, that were worked on by people with the monies being funded 
The history of gain-of-function research is one of science's most significant and troubling, especially since the Nuremberg Code. Research scientist Hippocratic Oath dictates that experiments could endanger human life should only occur in the potential humanitarian benefits significantly if the potential humanitarian benefits significantly outweigh the risks. It seems ill-advised to rule out the possibility that gain-of-function techniques such as serial passage may have played a role in the creation of SARS-CoV-2 until more definitive data are collected and when the Center for Arms Control and Non-Proliferation has calculated the, the odds that any given potential pandemic pathogen might leak from a lab could be better than one in four. <clears throat> Whether or not this is a gain of function research is determined to have played a role in SARS-CoV-2's emergence. The fact that it creates opportunities for pandemic viruses to leak out of labs calls for a re-examination of the moratorium against this practice because of the emergence of this novel coronavirus has demonstrated that the international public health community is not prepared to handle the leak of pandemic viruses. Furthermore, none of the gain-of-function research conducted since 2014 has provided humanity with any tools at all to fight back against the ongoing pandemic caused by this novel coronavirus. In other words, the production of SARS-CoV-2 has all of the hand marks, all of the stained hands, all of the blood of a human chimeric virus pressured for change and leaked out of a lab. And the people, Peter Daszak and EcoHealth, involved in the investigation of China's Wuhan Viral Institute, is not going to expose what they do not want you to see. The Soviets have lied with, with swine flu and the pandemic that occurred, and the American population suffered neurologic and other harm as a result of the vaccine that was not anything more than an experimental vaccine and released upon the American public, just as the current vaccines have failed to meet all the requirements to prove safety and efficacy. This is an appeal, this is an explanation to people listening to this of the evidence that this shows gain of function and, and the need to stop the at least place a moratorium on the use of these vaccines and to allow physicians to treat this virus as we know it can be treated to stop it in its tracks before it continues to harm and kill Americans and people around the world. This is a plea and a call to the public health departments of each state of the United States to reach out for more information. I am available to talk with you, provide more information about this either personally or through the website and to provide you information about treatments that are available to assist in controlling this and to ask you to put a moratorium on the use of these vaccines so it stops doing harm to people until we know more about these vaccines and as i've shown in prior videos and information posted these vaccines are showing increased harm and have the ability to increase the passage of the spike protein into the brain causing these these neuromuscular harms that are being uh, shown on videos across the internet 
and a plea for the attorneys generals of the states to take up the challenge of investigating EcoHealth and Peter Daszak and those involved in the federal government that have been funding this gain of money research. The, hand, uh, the fingerprints of Daszak are on this, the fingerprints of Barrick at the University of North Carolina and his work with Shang Lee, the work at uh, many other institutions, including the University of Wisconsin, as you've seen in these documents. This is a well-known, established problem uh, with gain-of-function. It's not a question about whether it occurs and whether it's caused pandemics. The records show it has. And the leap that occurred for SARS-CoV-2 over any of the coronavirus points to the gain-of-function, not only of the PRRA fear and cleavage, but the HIV pseudovirus insertion of the GP120 and, and, and of the uh, prion uh, components of the spike protein that are associated with uh, the ability to cause plaque formation in the brain and cause these neuromuscular disorders. I call upon each of you to investigate and to implement the changes that are necessary for the people and the safety of those in your states and in the United States of America. This is Dr. Richard Fleming. Today is Wednesday, the 20th of January, 2021.